Blog Talk Radio. Colts Fall for You sale is going on now, and you can take an extra 15% off. Go to Colts.com to download your savings pack. Then use it on top of already great savings, like 30 to 50% off the L.C. Lauren Conrad collection and 40 to 50% off dress and casual shoes and boots for the family. Plus, everyone gets $10 cold cash for every $50 spent right now at Kohl's. Don't miss it. Select styles, some exclusions apply. See store at for details. Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting with news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Good afternoon to all of our listeners. Our returning guests will be sharing some marvelous news as usual. Here and abroad, no matter where this man is, he literally shows others how to bring their body into balance. Mir Schneider, Ph.D., a worldly teacher's teacher, making regular global news since 2007 when he was announced as one of the top ten most inspirational Israelis on a popular national television show in Israel, the best 10. Millions of viewers watched Meir as he shared the magnificence of a human body and what it's capable of. We're so excited to know that there is truly more than hope available. And when Meir is around, well, that becomes a fact. You are listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. It's been so exciting for us to watch Mir Schneider, founder and head of the School for Self-Healing, located in San Francisco, California, take quantum leaps, bridging the capabilities that exist in every single one of us for healing ourselves. And I was just uh, told today that uh, his book, The Vision for Life, is being reprinted in many languages as um, Mir takes off and does his tour through Europe. Welcome, Mir. Hi. Nice to be on your show again. (laughs) I know. It's exciting, Paula. That was good news. My goodness. Yes. I mean, I'm going to go to to France and uh, in the area of Toulouse, which is the southern of of France. It's going to be my first lecture with my book being in French already, and then I'm going to go to uh, Portugal. My book is already in, in uh, Portuguese, in Lisbon, and teach workshops and lecture. And then I'm going to go to the International um, uh, uh, Conference of Natural Vision Improvement uh, Therapies, and I already have a very field workshop. And uh, whether I'm a keynote speaker or not, I have everybody in, in my room. And um, I'm going to talk about how to overcome pathologies. Then I'm going to go to Milan, and um, a town near Milan and teach a workshop uh, to to Italian audience. And I'm going to go to Israel, which was very successful last year, and my feeling it will be successful there. And talking interesting politics, in my classes in Jerusalem last year, we had people who were religious, secular, and we had Arabs, and everybody cared for everybody. And there was... You would never know there is a war or or uh, disharmony anywhere else. In my room, everything was harmonious, and it was naturally so. So it was um, a fantastic thing, and I'm also doing a bunch of things in this place. But I'm so happy for my international tours because my book is already in seven languages, and two weeks from now it's going to be also in Spanish, so it's going to be in eight languages. Woo-hoo. Wow. Hey, uh, when are you going to Europe? Is that in November and December? It is in October 13th through December 4th. Oh, my goodness. And then you come yeah, back I'd... right away and, and have a, a, a workshop in San Francisco as soon as you return. Absolutely. I'm, um, 
returning to a lot of work, and uh, I gave myself a week to to relax. And I will give a workshop for one day of natural vision improvement here. And I just want to say that natural vision improvement is has to be the new word in medicine. I mean, vision is just getting worse all the time with so many people. In fact, we're not talking anymore about the United States. We're talking about 7 billion people in the world. What's happening right now is that with the use of the computer, we forget that there is periphery because people looking right now at a narrow area like an iPhone, we um, forget that um, we need to relax the eyes and look at a distance because when you look at um, electronic letters, they're clear in the center and fuzzy in the margin. Pixels are always fuzzy in the margin, so it's hard work for the eyes. And I will never forget my trip once when I was teaching workshops in uh, New York from Manhattan to Brooklyn. I worked in Manhattan, but to save cost, I lived in Brooklyn. And <clears throat> it was a 50-minute subway ride. <clears throat> and there was one lady who came there with her iPhone, and she was sitting in a car that basically could house 40 people. And in that 50 minutes, I would say about 200 people came and went. I was looking at practically every one of them. Everyone had something else to show me uh, in how they look, how they presented themselves. She only looked at her movie in the iPhone. I'm sure it was a very, very good movie, but she didn't pay attention to anything in that streetcar. And if you think about it, put her in the jungle and have her look at her movie in her iPhone and not pay attention to her surroundings, she'd be lunch within a day. And for a million years, we developed our periphery as human beings. And right now, in the last 20 years, and especially in the last two or three years, we destroy it on a daily basis by not paying attention to it. Use it or lose it. And we put so much pressure on the central vision that eventually the eyes are strained all the time. And so my book, Vision for Life, comes with a new message. Pay attention to yourself. Be present with your eyes and their needs. And you may not have all the doctor appointments that you're going to have if you don't do that. Well, wow. you know, I was I was in a restaurant the other day, and there was a, a family, a mother and father and two kids. They were all on their iPhones. They weren't even talking. They were all looking at their iPhones. And I, I thought, whoa. Isn't I mean, that that's something? not only bad for your eyes, but it's bad for families. <laughs> it's bad for everything. It's amazing. You know, um, <laughs> I heard a joke, but it's not a joke. It really happened. One guy comes to meet another guy and asks him, how are you? He says, just wait a minute. And the other guy texts him how he's doing. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, basically, I would say that uh, these days life is crazy. If we live now in the 70s, and look at what we're doing now at 2015, we would say, how could people do things like this? But truth of the matter is, <clears throat> what is happening right now is that the phone captures everything. If I talk to my son and a friend texts to him and or calls him, I mean, the first thing that my son said, I'm busy, I'm on the phone. And I said to myself, aren't you with me right now? <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. Exactly. You know, it's amazing. It's like you're looking at your iPad, and that's that's almost like you're internally just within yourself, and you have forgotten the entire world on the outside. Exactly. You know, it's it's really the health of the body needs complete circulation, <laughs> not Absolutely. just in the brain, you know? Well, it, it, what happens is... It, we cannot change the reality that computers are getting better, especially not in our region. I mean, this region became very wealthy because of all the inventions related to computers. But uh, And that's how the world is going. But we need to understand that we need to compensate for the fact that we're doing it. So, for example, when you look at your PC or at your um, laptop, also wave your hands to the side 
so you'd know that you did not lose your periphery. And before you look, look for four or five minutes at the distance without your glasses to relax the eyes and wave your hands to the side and look at different details at a distance. You do that and your life is going to be different. I've met um, a man that had LASIK surgery, so his vision is very sharp. He sees better than 2020, But because his cornea became thin and because he was overusing the computer, he has continuous, relentless eye pain and dryness in the eyes. And that's what comes as a result of the lifestyle that we have. Uh, and the eyes are red and painful and nobody can help him. I wish he spent a bit more time with me. I was able to help him partially, but it's just amazing. If everyone who uses the computer would understand that after, after half an hour, the eyes to some extent get tired. So you lie down with a cold towel around your eyes and rest them. That could go a long way. And we also need to stretch when we use the computer. So there's a lot that we're doing these days that is um, really creating lack of sensitivity to our own eyes until something goes wrong with that. With them, and then we want a doctor to press on the right button and to fix what's wrong with them. But whatever is wrong with them is a result of our use in the first place. And if we, in some ways, compensated for what life demands from us, it would be different. For example, if you would blink as you look at a computer, or do an exercise which is called long swing, you would stand up. You look at your finger and you move from side to side thinking that everything moves opposite in your finger to break the sense of <clears throat> tension and steadiness. Uh, that would make a very big difference for everyone, basically. And not only your eyes, but your neck and your back. I mean, when you're working on a computer exactly. for hours. Exactly. And let me add something to you, and this is that uh, lack of blood flow to the head is the main reason of um, hemorrhages in the eye. Because when you don't have enough blood flow, uh, the brain will demand more circulation. And it will create fast circulation, will create capillaries. And the capillaries uh, will leak, basically. And for that reason, there would be um, uh, hemorrhage in the retina. And so either because of having narrow blood vessels in the head, which are a result of poor blood flow for many years to the eyes, or having tense neck, or having poor blood flow all over your body, but lack of blood flow is a very big problem. And tense neck is one of the reasons that we have lack of blood flow, because the muscles squeeze the arteries, just like um, uh, we as kids did uh, Indian burns, like, uh, you know, squeezing the arm and you feel pins and needles in the hand. Same thing is happening on a regular basis in mm. our eyes and our ears. That's why so many people have tinnitus, which is uh, uh, ringing in the ears. It's really starting with poor blood flow to the ear, and that starts with stiff neck. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, when you're on the iPad or you're on your laptop, you're not even speaking. You're not even using your mouth. And not only that, but you're um, um, you're not even breathing. <laughs> you know, you don't have the the. Um, it's a shallow breathing, so that doesn't help with circulation either. You know, I heard one uh, Zen master. Somebody asked him the question, why are we here? And his answer was, are you here? <laughs> so um, you with all of you, I mean, for one thing, we should always remember to blink real gently. And we should remember our periphery. And we should remember to breathe. And the moment that you stop breathing, leave the computer, take a walk and start breathing and return to the computer breathing and with more oxygen. I think that's so important for us. And, it's, and if you cannot walk away, just stand up and stretch. Uh, grab your leg in the back and stretch it backwards or look up at the ceiling and push your chest forwards. Do all those things which are opposite of sitting. 
because sitting is very hard for the back. People think it's easy, but it's not. It feels easy. But actually, the back works much harder to sit than to stand and walk, and um, definitely much harder than to lie down. So whenever you can reduce the stress of uh, sitting, you help yourself breathe. Change is so important. And truth of the matter is, with time, lots of information only leads to information and not true knowledge. True knowledge comes with a sense of surprise and a sense of excitement. And so I think it's very important that we would relax and prepare ourselves for true knowledge, basically. Mm -hmm. Does anything happen in particular when you are sitting down all the time? Does that mean that your leg muscles uh, lose the muscle um, strength? Well, what happens is your hips are tight and your the muscle of the lower abdomen that is either bending your leg when you stand or bending the back when the legs are straight, that muscle, it's called the psoas muscle, contracts all the time and prevents blood from going down to the legs and up to the head. And that contraction is um, continuous. Some of your thigh muscles, called the quadriceps muscles, are really contracting. Some of your calf muscles are contracting, but most don't. So some of the muscles overstrain, and some of the muscles don't really work much. And so unless you walk in different ways, like forwards, but also at the same time, you walk other times sideways, and you walk other times backwards. And unless you stretch, and one of the exercises I like the most is rolling on the floor, rolling from side to side, unless you sit and stretch and move your whole body in rotating motion, then your body be, it becomes very frozen. And, you know, after the age of 50, 97% of the people have different kinds of arthritis. It could be just a small arthritis in the knee. It could be in the foot. And so the whole point is, if we want to prevent osteoarthritis, which then in the 70s so many people have great amount of osteoarthritis, we must move. If we don't move, we create a big problem for us. Well, I know that... um when we took a trip to Europe, we walked a lot. And what really bothered me was my hips. So I came home and I thought, I'm going to find some hip exercises. <laughs> because they're not used Absolutely. to walking. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me give you a good one. Uh, in your case, you take a small stool to do it with and you make sure that you have railing or something to hold to. But you tap on your hips and you move your leg in rotating motion around a stool. I tap on my hips, and I move my leg in rotating motion around the back of a chair, and actually a tall chair to make sure my hip really moves. And it's a real challenge for me as well, because I sit on those airplanes all the time. You know, I went to Brazil and came back, had a huge class there. And by the way, I want to tell you a little bit about that. But I uh, I know that I'm going to go to Europe, and it's going to be a long flight to France, and then short flights in different countries in Europe, but then longer flights to, to Israel, and a huge flight from Israel back to here. And I can tell you that um, it can definitely compromise hip and, uh, and uh, lower back work. So not only do I stand, I always sit in aisle, and I stand and walk to the bathroom often, uh, and stretch every hour I stretch. I also have two tennis balls, and every two hours I put pressure against different places in my back to loosen them up, and I also massage my foot. But in your case, Paula, I think that you're a belly dancer, and you move your hips in rotating motion, and also move your leg around a chair in rotating motion, and think that the foot is doing the motion. Of course, physically the foot is not doing the motion, but thinking that where you let go of your whole upper body and you let just the right muscles in the hip do the work. Because if you think ahead of where you work, where you work becomes much easier. So 
you would tap your foot against the floor, and you say foot, 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 and then you lift the leg up and move the leg around the stool. And other people can do it around the back of a chair. And the point is to really let go of the hips and to really let the legs work independently. It makes a huge difference. Oh, I'll try that. Thank you. Yeah. So That's a good tell one. us about tell us about your workshop in uh Brazil. You said you had some something to share. Yeah. Uh what happened is in my opinion we have <laughs> I hate to say that, but we have a telephone every single year in this country that raises um uh money for muscular dystrophy patients. Now when you raise money to give them wheelchair and to give them uh, tools and videos, that's all good. The research so far led absolutely nowhere. There are no results except mapping the genes of the genes that could cause muscular dystrophy, and that is after a billion dollars so far was raised for all of this throughout the years. Well, I met in Brazil with an amazing, amazing lady by the name of Dr. Bernardetti, and she uh, has 1,100 patients of muscular dystrophy. One of the patients mother is very active and she is actually in Brazil trying to get a day in the wheelchair for all top officials like mayors and governors and president and everyone and she wants people to identify with those who are in the wheelchair but she met me because she works with one of my top uh, trainees and a trainer in my work by the name of Sonia and uh, Sonia Carusini and that lady brought me to the meeting with Dr. Bernadetti, and she, of course, scolded me in not writing enough articles on my work with muscular dystrophy and not researching it. And I tell you, I start to feel guilty now that uh, we Jews are going to pray in Yom Kippur and ask about our sins. It's one of mine. In that I did have to have um, a research on my work. I simply thought that the medical profession is something I should give up on. Because what basically Dr. Bernadetti told me is that she has no respect for the, for the existing physiotherapy in that they don't really do anything for muscular dystrophy. And learning about my work, she felt that that is going to help muscular dystrophy. And so she came to one of my classes. I had a training course with 30 students which I never have here. I came here to have one with six, you know. But 30 students came to my part two where we had three sessions. One uh, session we worked on patients with vision problems, one session on joint and back problems, and one on paralysis. And she took a whole day. We start by running backwards, working on it, on ourselves. We finish by working on each other, and she really worked with one of my top students who is also a physiotherapy and exchanged massages with her. And uh, she helped us interpret and read the medical records of quite a few of our clients, including vision clients. And she did very well. But what she felt is that uh, people with muscular dystrophy need a whole new drug that can change their DNA, and she's very close in finding it, but the drug alone will not work and they need physiotherapy. And what I will do with the muscular dystrophy that I will patient, I will see after this show, her name is Deborah, um, I am going to work with her in a warm pool and help her do movement in that pool to the extent that her muscles can do it. I, she was in a coma, and she got out of the coma with one of my practitioners. And she's very weak and can hardly walk, but I get her to walk uh, small steps around the massage table that I work with her with. And I get her to try and befriend movements with her and use imagery. What we do with muscular dystrophy is that we do very gentle massage to drain um, a lot of the waste products because I really feel that the muscles are, um, basically the muscle cells have been damaged to the extent that the waste product gets back into the cells. And what Dr. Bernadetti told me is that the nerve-muscle uh, connection is being restudied, and it's a very, very powerful, the neuromuscular transmission. And just now I worked on a patient with a damage in her um, 
cerebellum that came that it's already the third year she's coming to me from Germany for two weeks of treatment and uh she is uh I'm teaching her to move in the smoothest possible way and have control of her body so for example, I gave her an exercise of lying on her back, putting the two feet together and getting one foot to one knee to get to the other knee so it's almost like open legs like all lotus position you know and but I told her as much as you want to bring your right knee to your left, you want the left knee to completely do nothing. And that is very tough for her because it's very tough for her to not tense other muscles besides the ones that she wants to work. So in my work, I work with the neuromuscular connection, with gentle massage, with gradual exercises, and we have good results with muscular dystrophy and many other diseases of paralysis including the opposite uh, problem, like um, the multiple sclerosis, which is only of the nerves, but it affects the muscles and affects also many systems of the body, the visual system, the urinary system. But the thing is, what she felt is a new physiotherapy is needed, and she felt mine is the one. And I feel guilty for not doing enough research. I was too busy working on clients, never thought I have enough money to do that, but I really think that the world needs a change. I mean, physiotherapy, as it is, helps partially par- paralyzed patients. And I think my method can do much better. And that's why I want people to know that as of March 10th, I have a training course which will help you to work on yourself and on others. It starts by self-work, basically, and it prepares you to the part two training that I was talking about. And we work on our body on seven different systems of our body and create tremendous change. Wow. I hope I didn't talk too long. <laughs> no, that's good. What about Parkinson's, um, Mir? You have two problems in Parkinson. One is the tremor, which is a result of environmental problems, um, and basically a, an area in the thalamus dies out, and the hypothalamus. It's called the substantia niagara, which cre- creates a neurotransmitter, and so it's uh, the neurotransmitter is called dopamine, and it's not created well. So uh, the tremor, I really tell people to use medis- medication as late as possible because those medications are very, very dangerous. It used to be called Aldopa. Now there's many, many derivatives of Aldopa, and every couple of years you have a new medication, which is a bit better, that the thing doesn't have side effects, but they do. I know of one Parkinson patient that... Um, called the police and told them he killed his roommate. The police came and learned he does not have a roommate. And it sounds funny on its face, and maybe it is funny, but at the end of the day, it was very tragic. And I'm, I'm happy for the cops that were professional and very sympathetic to the guy. Uh, but uh, but anyway, um, uh, it, it could lead to illusion and many, many problems, and it could lead to death and to cancer. Uh, so I would say... Don't use Aldopa also for the reason that um, once you use it, it works for a long time, then it works for a shorter time, and then bigger dose starts to work for a shorter time with a great amount of side effects. So when I can postpone my Parkinson patients by 20 or 30 years of using those drugs, that's the best thing. Second problem, and it's not any smaller than the first problem, is um, inflexibility. What happens is people become very rigid, rigid to an amazing extent. And it is very important to work on making them flexible. First of all, give more chance to the arm that is weaker and to the leg that is weaker to work better. So I get them to open doors with the hand that is weak, even though it may take them a few minutes instead of a few seconds. Um, I get them to open, to write with it, which gets some resistance for my clients, but they do it. And then it's very important for me to get them to work with the back because otherwise the back bends and they bend forwards. And and that's exactly how they sit in the wheelchair and that's exactly how they die. So working on Parkinson patients is so, so important. Again, physiotherapy is only good to a point and we need to also postpone those medications which doctor prescribed to you like M&Ms that's so well prescribed and people think it's a miracle, and it is. But 
as we say, in life there is no free lunch, and you pay a price for it. Thank like Lorenzo's you, oil, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're you're exploring all all diseases. It sounds like. Uh, you know, uh, you know, vasca- uh, everything has to do with uh, the neuromuscular activities and the va- vessels. I'm not that good in skin disease, except eczema, that I think was massage and some um, uh, nice, uh, um, uh, some nice uh, uh, cream. It can help. Other diseases, we need some natural path or other things to to help those things. Um, but basically, I'm exploring. Whatever we can do with our brain and whatever we can do with our muscles uh, to ch- to change, and uh, this is a good thing that uh, we need to work on the eyes quite a bit, and um, and we need to work on the eyes as much as we can. Now, when you work on the eyes, Mir, that I, I don't know, it's so close to the brain, and I kind of, you know, it's almost as if. That might be the beginning point for people being able to be more flexible in the rest of the body, too. Absolutely. First of all, it breaks many boundaries. People think, you know, the most holistic people, they still don't think you can do anything to improve your eyes. And I'm so proud of Paula for being very slow in using glasses and doesn't... You know, I remember one lady who heard about my work did not use glasses and she went and was tested by a doctor, and the doctor uh, said to her, you must be using glasses, but she was reading the smallest print he had. And he was so upset because how can you be 70 and not need glasses? You know? <laughs> and she says, I don't. And, uh, and uh, it kind of uh, uh, you know, was against the world he's living in. But basically, one thing that I can say is that some textbooks are saying that the optic nerve and the retina histologically are made from material very similar to the brain. I'm not sure that every textbook agree with that, but there's something symbolic about the fact that some people think that way, and this is that basically I think the eyes are, as you said intuitively, Taz, and more power to you for saying that, are to a great extent a part of the brain. And um, 99% of things that we see we basically block between 1% and 10% of the things that we see, we absorb. And the, basically the occipital lobe in the brain, which is exactly where vision is, tells the thalamus not to accept most of the information that you get in. A good example is you see everything uh, uh, right side up, but actually actually it's being re- on, on the lens and on the cornea, it's actually upside down, just like in the mirror. And it is the brain that puts it back right side up, basically. Oh, well, it exercise automatically. <laughs> it does it automatically, yeah. And it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. So, basically, the whole phenomena of vision is really a mental phenomena. How else can you explain that with 99% of my lens being damaged, my vision is a basically was measured to be 70% of normal vision? Um, and, you know, of course, in the past, when it was 1%, everybody understood that. But how could it be? And the answer is, you work the brain to change things uh, within the eyes, and it's exactly the brain-eye connection can make a difference for the eyes and for the rest of the body. You cannot have loose neck unless also your periphery is open. You cannot have loose neck unless your pupils are widened and narrow when you really need to widen them and narrow them. So to loosen up the neck is very, very important. You know, it's interesting. Um, back in 95 when I had I fell and I injured my arm and my neck, lower neck was really bad. And um, I can remember being um, sitting down and and realizing I could relax the muscles in the back of my neck mirror is almost as if I could feel each I I could actually move the muscles in my neck with just thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
yeah, I could feel it happen, and then I could feel the relaxing. And I think I went, wow, I can do that just with thought. That was like, you know, sitting. Isn't it nice to to feel empowered that way? Yeah. It's a fantastic thing, yeah. Absolutely. people People don't take time to do anything like that. No, we're always on the go. I mean, people don't sit and then think about moving your muscles. I mean, if you said that to somebody on the street, they'd think we were crazy. No, but but there was a result. Well, if, if they're normal, I, could... I prefer to be crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, I could feel the result. I could feel the relaxation in the neck, and I could I could also feel the the vibration in that area on my neck. And I think I was really shocked when I got to go have both sides work at the same time and I could feel it and I thought, wow, that is really, you know, just like having sex in the neck. <laughs> it, it's just, it moved all the muscles. It was just amazing. So I, you know, I realize that you have more control over your body. You just need to take out some time. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that uh, now I'm 61. I became um, 61 yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I remember Happy when I was... Birthday. Thank you very much. When I was 57, once I was in a hairy, and there was a puddle in my garage. It, finally, somebody found exactly what caused it and fixed it, but... There was a puddle in my garage after the washing machine would work. And I didn't pay attention to the puddle, and I fell down. It was a real heavy fall. Mm. And at that moment, I understood what I needed to do. I went immediately upstairs, took my clothes off, and took a cold shower. Because I felt that if you take, take away the inflammation that comes with bruising and with falling, you take away the problem. And, in fact, I need to even fly abroad in that time and teach and there was no residue. There was no problem with my body afterwards. Wow. And it made me feel young because basically the older you get, you I mean, kids run and fall practically all the time. But you get an adult to fall, and before you know it, it's uh, 300 chiropractic visits, uh, 100 massage visits, and then uh, several... Uh, doctor visits and an operation, you know, and nothing, and you don't see the end of it. But if, if if you're a kid, you fall. So the point is to learn to make the body more flexible and strong in a balanced way. And you said there was a connection between the hips and the neck. And there is a connection between the hips and the neck. As you loosen up the neck, the hips can start to get much more blood flow. Otherwise, two places demand the blood flow at the same time. So if you loosen up your neck, you lo- you really relax the hip, and you can move much better with it. Definitely. So, what happens when you step in the shower? Does that mean that the muscles contracted um, and and made the whole body kind of well, work at one time to make? No, the, what happened make- to me when I went to the shower is that immediately, because the fall was very heavy, being overweight and all that, and I felt very strongly and was surprised. I knew immediately that my body starts to have inflammation. Yeah. Okay. So what I did when I went to the shower, I took away the inflammation immediately, which then allowed the body to heal quickly. You know, so there was the some little soreness that disappeared within a couple of days when other people with the same type of problem could have easily gone to the hospital. Yeah. So what happened was you made the blood flow. I need, I made the blood flow exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And ice helps too. Absolutely, ice, ice helps. Ice, yeah, ice. But because my fall was so total on my whole body, <laughs> I uh, I went uh. up. I, I heard myself screaming. It was surprise and pain. I went up and took that cold shower, and after that, I had such a sense of relief. Wow, this is interesting. I guess every. I ha- Shock needs a different treatment. You know, every situation needs a different treatment. It felt to me that the right treatment at a time. Sometimes heat is what helps. Sometimes cold is what helps. You know, yeah. like the lady I'm going to go and work with right now, it's all in a warm pool. It's in 92 or 93 degrees that we do a bunch of exercises. Well, I have a friend that was going to get a, a 
surgery for corporal tunnel, and I told her, oh, don't. I said, it has something to do with your neck, <laughs> usually. I mean. So she did some research, and she found out it was something in her neck, and she didn't have to have surgery. So yeah, absolutely. The the thing is, um, even if you talk about carpal tunnel, it's basically a small form of arthritis of the wrist, uh, where there is pressure on the tunnel, where the um, median nerve goes through, and it, that nerve really uh, works the the fingers. So um, basically, working on the neck and on the shoulder would allow much more blood to come to the wrist, and then working specifically on the wrist and on the fingers can definitely take the carpal tunnel away. I mean, the doctor's work is, is good, but it's basically symptomatic. What they do is they uh, uh, basically uh, take away, they open the, the tunnel, they open the uh, connective tissue with, with, with surgery, but it doesn't take more than a year for that to close again. So it it works, and then there are more problems. So that's why the only way to work is in the whole body. And as you said back, working on the neck, working on the shoulder, even working on the hips would help the hand. And then working on the hand itself. So it's the whole body. Exactly. Exactly. Which will return right now to the eyes in that sense that if you don't have enough blood flow to the head, it's very hard to improve the eyes. So it's impossible to work on the eyes without working on the body. That's why I added two more principles to the principles which are right now in Vision for Life. We have now seven principles, which is um, uh, looking at a distance and, uh, and uh, adjusting to light and... Um, uh, learning to um, uh, uh, learning to look at details and paying attention to the periphery, and balancing the use of the two eyes, and balancing the use within each eye, uh, and um, that's the next thing: balancing the use within each eye, and uh, bringing um, body and eye coordination, and bringing more um, blood to the head and more blood within the head. Otherwise, uh, we are not responding to the needs that the body has in the modern time that we live. I'm not delusional into thinking that the ancient person had better life than the modern person because they had many difficulties that we did not have. They did not have the strength and the control that modern life gives us but they had things we didn't have. They were much more muscular. They were much stronger, much more flexible. And they could do many more things than, than we can do right now with our body. And so we need to return to nature all we can. And that's why, you know, if you ask me what did I do in my birthday, my biggest gift was it was a very hot day in the Bay Area. Very unusually so. It's normally a foggy and a cool area. But we took a ferry ride to Sosalito, walked up a hill and looked down at the bay. And for me, it was the best birthday gift that I could possibly have to spend a good 40 minutes looking at this beautiful bay with the boat sailings, with the mountains across, and enjoying every minute of it. You know, mm. we stopped doing enough of those things. And for me, that was more important than any gift that I could get from anyone or any birthday blessing, because it's like being blessed by the universe. Our eyes are looking from near all the time. We need a break. We need to look at a distance. Yeah. Well, the way you described that, I was I was right there with you. <laughs> you yeah. sound great. <laughs> Thank you very much. And the details that I looked at were so attractive. I mean, there's nothing more beautiful than the bay, and there's nothing more beautiful than seeing boats and mountains and the eyes really want to look and I think that's that's something that ancient people used to do a lot of and they used to look at the mountains at the forest and now you know even if you live in the mountains you have many other things to do like 
look at a computer, <laughs> basically. So <laughs> that's what's going on these days. For Mayor, uh, we need to let people know that we're talking with Mayor Schneider, and his website is self-healing.org. Um, and oh, he's going to be the, in San Jose, Taz, this weekend, this Saturday, the twenty-sixth. Yeah, yes. I'm going to to Eric's uh, show to the holistic uh, uh, fair uh-huh. in San Jose. Yeah, I'm coming to your neck of the woods. <laughs> and that's uh, on uh, Hicks Avenue, and it's the Community of Infinite Spirit um, Church, and it's it is 1540. 1540 Hicks Avenue, and uh, he'll be giving a mini workshop there. Uh, from 2 to 4 p.m., uh, you're going to be in our neighborhood. That is so cool. Yeah. And uh, you, you'll learn to see better without glasses. And, Mayor, let me tell you, I was at East West Bookstore maybe about three or four months ago when you were there, and the tricks up your sleeve are phenomenal. People in that room were so shocked on how you could master it, bringing them to seeing to a higher degree when um, when you uh, worked with their eyes. It was really amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just want to tell you about the other birthday gift that I got, just as big if not bigger. My what? driver's license was renewed for five more years. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did yeah. they send it to you automatically in the mail? They did. Oh, okay. I love that one. Yeah, they did, and I love that. It's like the best birthday gift I could possibly get, so to speak. Because otherwise you can have all kinds of uh, seeing eye tests. In my case, my vision is only 70% of normal. So they test me on the freeway, and they test me at night, and they test me everywhere they can, and finally they give up on me and give me a regular driver's license. (laughs) It was actually a miracle. Uh, There was one lady who decided I shouldn't drive at night, so I had to do three tests. In the meantime, I met an officer in the DMV, and I said, why am I being tested? I, my vision, is, if anything, is getting better. She said, don't worry, we'll fix that. And uh, I gave her one of my tapes, the Miracle Eyesight Method, and she remembered me, and she fixed that for me. And right now I'm having my driver's license renewed again and again, and I don't have any tickets. Once in a while a parking ticket, but <laughs> no traffic <laughs> ticket, nothing, you know, so... So that's uh, that's that's what's going on these days for me. So it's I had the best birthday, which was better than any party, to enjoy my vision, and another one to be able to drive for the next five years without any difficulty. For me, that was it was big, you know, basically. But in terms of what people will get in the seminar, you will learn to adjust to the strong sunlight without difficulty. And so you will not need your sunglasses. You will learn how to look at small print, and you will learn how to look at a distance, and you will learn how to improve your periphery. I think those four or five things is all I'll be able to do in the short two hours that I will have. And those who have time on December 12th can come to our school by the beach, and we'll do many more things uh, within a day. And the best workshop we have is the six-day seminar on the third week of February, where we spend six days improving our vision. So, um, and and those are six half days, so it's only four hours at a time. Uh, people learn a lot in those six days, and also, as I'm saying in my training courses, where people learn first how to work on themselves. So, the revolution that we need is to, first of all, believe in our bodies, capacity to move forward. doesn't matter if you're 70, doesn't matter if you're 80, and don't believe anyone in your 20s that you have no other choice but to wear glasses, even if your vision is 95% of normal vision. You have to start and believe in your capacity to do better. That's the first step that you will take, basically. Well, here lately I've noticed a lot of people have dry eyes, and they're complaining about it. And, uh, again, you know, it's because uh, maybe they're watching too much uh, computer. <laughs> when you well, look at a computer, 
when you look at the okay. computer, you should always blink. Most people who use the computer blink only seven times per minute when we should blink about 22 times per minute. And so watching the, watching the computer, you should blink at least as fast as the cursor. That makes a very big difference. <laughs> yeah. And um, look at a distance and pay attention to your periphery. It makes a very big difference. But I, what you said, again, is such an important thing. Even when you do physical exercises, and I paid attention, the person that I'm talking about who took my, my training course, when he did some physical exercises, all of a sudden his eyes were wet and were not dry. So if you do good physical exercises that lead to better blood flow, your eyes all of a sudden are not dry anymore. So it's important to work on the body as a vehicle to helping the eyes and to take away their dryness. And then compresses too for the dry eyes. Absolutely, cold compresses especially. In the winter, hot and cold, and in the summer, only hot. And uh, especially, uh, you know, in the Nevada mountains, it's probably very hot right now. Why am I wrong about that? Uh, it's good to put cold compresses. And in San Jose, is it uh, cold today or is it hot? Uh, it's warm. It's not real, real warm, but it's warm. Y- yesterday it was hot here in San Francisco. Yeah, today yeah, I know. Cold. I saw that. Yeah. But we have the, all the fires up here, so that's really hard on the eyes with the smoke. Absolutely, the smoke, yeah. It's one of the worst things. I mean, don't think that pollution was invented in the 21st century. It was already in the 19th century with all those fireplaces, you know, in uh, in different towns yeah. in Europe. Yeah, and definitely all those fires lead to that situation. So I think it's very important to massage around the eyes. One thing that we can think about is that we tend to squint our eyes too much as we look at things. So massaging, uh, taking our hand and massaging towards the temples, uh, I mean from the bridge of the nose to the temples with both hands, and then massaging from the nose to the ears. So again, from the bridge of the nose to the temples, from the nose to the ears, and doing it for a while, that brings much more circulation to the eyes. It makes a difference. How about tapping around the eyes? That's very good. Very good. Just make sure you're gentle and you're not rough. You can from time to time put some pressure on different areas near the eyes and bring more circulation, but it's very, very good to tap around the eyes, definitely. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday, after teaching a free eye class, which was my last present gift to myself, I mean birthday present gift to myself yesterday, I um, uh, was hugged by a person who used to be a student of mine in part one training and worked for me for a while, in that uh, she's a glaucoma suspect now for many years, and she has high pressure, but she manages her pressure without drops, and she doesn't have any decrease of vision, any problem with the optic nerve, any problem with the peripheral field, and she's, she cried yesterday when she asked me and said, you know, without your work, it could have never happened. She was trying to convince her doctors, but I don't believe her. But every time they look at her, they're amazed in the fact that she doesn't have all the symptoms they predict. Wow. Well, I have, I have to tell you something about myself. I went out to um, lunch with a friend who is 10 years younger than I am, and she has to put her reading glasses on to read the menu, and I don't. So she said, did you have uh, laser treatments on your eyes? I said, no. I said, this is my eyesight. She would not believe me. She still, to this day, I think, thinks I had laser. <laughs> you see how people think about eyes? Uh-huh. Do you see why things go so wrong with eyes? That's the whole message that I have. Don't sit in a doctor's office and spend hours and hours to fix yourself, work on the strength of your vision. You know, I had a lady who came to me, uh, and uh, she was very wealthy, so she brought her own measuring device, which is a powerful machine, the ones you see in doctor's offices. And she measured what gets her vision 
what get her pressure high or low. And she suffers from low tension glaucoma. And uh, she found that exercises that lead to balanced use of the eyes, like we play with red and green glasses, with uh, one item the red can see, one item the green can see. We do card game with the red and green glasses. Her pressure went down. She went to her ophthalmologist who demanded to do a major surgery with a stent um, in her um, in in the draining area of the eye only to reduce the pressure. And she reduced the pressure with me by a third, from 19 to 13. And he decided not to do anything. And I think it's just a fantastic thing to believe in ourselves, to believe in our capacity. Yes. And uh, her vision is still very good, and the periphery, in my opinion, is very stable. So if she continues this way, she may not know the sur- not need a surgery for many years to come. Hmm. You know, I was it, reading your book. I was reading your book, and I actually I found a paragraph that would summarize what we've been saying all hour, and it great. comes from your book, Vision for Life, and it's uh, in the chapter of conclusion. And I just thought, wow, this just sums everything up. You said, so what we need is to inform ourselves to work with ourselves, to convince others, to suggest support groups, and to suggest change in the world, bringing it to the consciousness of everyone we meet. Explain to them that it's time for us to be aware of our powers. Who knows, maybe as a result of what you do, new research will spring up in your hometown, and it will make this a much better world than the one we live in. Unlike what most people believe, our world is not as developed as it could be. Our eyes, which are so precious to us, could see so much better along with those of every human being on Earth. So what you said, I'm the one to tell you that. I could have been blind right now, but I can read this book, and why? Simply because I worked on myself. So I think that paragraph uh, summarized everything we've said and that we have the power to change our own health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can read my own book and I have a blind certificate for good. So that's the point. <laughs> oh. I love it. Mayor, you know, I, I question about autism. Uh, have you worked with anybody with autism? My own son. And definitely I work with autism. Definitely. My son is doing so well. It's amazing. He's working. He's driving. He's uh, very active and he's looking for relationship. Everything is good with him in that sense. Oh, what a beautiful gift. Yeah. Wow. You are an inspiration, dear man. Thank you. We, we are so fortunate to have you on our planet. And I'm so fortunate to speak with you this afternoon. Uh-huh. Well, people out there that that doesn't have your book, they should go on to Amazon and get this book because it's so powerful. Vision for Life, Ten Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement. Hmm. And uh, Mayor's website is self-healing.org. And uh, the, there's a phone number you can call, actually, if you want to call. And it's 415-665-9574. Yeah, well, one more time, Mayor, okay? 415-665-9574. Yeah. And those people that are living in the San Jose area, be sure to stop in on Saturday and um, have the advantage to actually take his workshop there at the, uh, the what is it, the Healing Fair? <laughs> Eric's Fair. Taz, what's the name of it? Yeah, the um, it's the Holistic Arts Fair, and it's going to be at the Community of Infinite Spirit, which is on Hicks Avenue in San Jose. And um, and there's two full hours that people will have uh, with me. Boy, he can do a lot in two hours, let me tell you. (laughs) Be sure to to stop in, and not only to see Mir, but to to enjoy uh, Eric's fair, too. Yes. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you for making our day again and and our life go easier and smoother by bringing about 
these wonderful things that really is possible. Thank you both so much. I really enjoyed this hour. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And have a great trip to Europe. Thank yes. you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs> I need that blessing. Bye-bye. Yes. You got Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. time you need auto parts and accessories, trust the parts professionals at the 48 Sacramento O'Reilly Auto Parts stores. Our professional parts people know what it takes to get the job done right. Professionals have counted on O'Reilly Auto Parts for decades. Now you can too. Professional parts people, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.